All right, this is episode five of Dope Nostalgia, a 90s music-centered podcast. And if you're joining us for the first time, hi, I'm Naomi Carmack. I'm your host. Um, it's good to be with you guys today. We have another great interview I had with Nehemiah Heald, who was the lead singer of the Bahaman group Bahaman back before the big, big, big hit came out. He had so much to tell us about the band, about um, everything that happened during that time, and all the amazing things he got to do with his career and what he's doing now. So we're going to share that interview with you right away. Um, one note is I'm really glad I got this interview. It was totally worth it. He's a wonderful guy. Um, but my phone bill, on the other hand, I would, uh, I would say I'm very disappointed in a certain phone company. They say that you spend most of your life arguing with utilities companies and then you die. That's kind of how I felt. I spent half an hour on the phone arguing with TELUS after I had purchased an international calling plan so that I can call people and do these interviews. And uh, yeah, they decided to charge me full price for the uh, for the call. And so I fought with them and fought with them and I got them to knock it down to half off. But that's just giving them bad press and I'm okay with doing that because I've been a customer for so long I was like whatever I'm still gonna just pay half and it's totally worth it because what a great conversation Nehemiah killed it so we're gonna talk a little bit about their music and also I'm gonna tell you right now a few facts about the band and the song who let the dogs out this is uh Wikipedia moment The Bahaman are a Bahaman band playing a modernized style of Bahaman music called Junkanoo. They are best known for their Grammy award-winning hit song, this one right here, Who Let the Dogs Out? The Bahaman formed in 1977 as a band called High Voltage, initially playing disco and funk. They performed regularly in nightclubs and hotels in the Bahamas and self-released several albums. In 1991, one of their tapes found its way to Atlantic Records A&R man Steve Greenberg, who signed the band and got them to change their name to the Baja Men. The following year, the Baja Men released their first album, Junkanoo, which included the local hit Back to the Island. Kalik followed in 1994, including the international hit Dancing in the Moonlight. The band moved with Greenberg to Polygram for the 1997 album I Like What I Like and, ooh, I hope I say this right, Doomspank released the following year. And the latter only sold 700 copies in the US and the band was dropped by the label. Well, Greenberg then started his own label, S-Curve, and signed the band. Original vocalist Nehemiah Field left in 1999 and was replaced by his nephew, Omerit. The band was most popular in the 1990s in Japan, and their 1999 album, 200-0, I don't know how you say that, was initially only released in that country. So they achieved great but short-lived popularity with 2000's remake of Who Let the Dogs Out? Now the thing about Who Let the Dogs Out is it originally was released by another artist before that. Who, 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 who? Ansem Douglas. An Anselm Douglas, that's his name. He titled the song Doggy and it was released in 1998. It was covered by producer Jonathan King who sang it under the name Fat Jack and his pack of pets. He brought the song to the attention of his friend Steve Greenberg, then 
Baja Man covered the song and became a huge, 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 huge Grammy-winning hit. It won Best Dance Recording at the 2001 Grammys, and it's a very significant part of Bahamian popular culture. So, without any further ado, let's get to the interview, right? Let's talk to Nehemiah Yield. So thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to get to chat with you. I know that you have, not a problem. I know that you have new music out currently, um, and I'd love to talk about some of that too. But I have a few questions cool. I'd like to ask you about um, your past in the music business. Um, so, are you ready to go? I'm ready when you are. Okay. Um, can you give me a brief explanation on the beginning of the band, uh, Bahaman, and were you there right from the start? Yes, I was a part of the group from the inception. Uh, we were called High Voltage. Nice. Yeah, and uh, when our fellow brother from the Bahamas produced our first project in 1992, mm -hmm. Kendall Stubbs, mm -hmm. uh, he and then manager... Uh, thought that a name change was necessary and the name Bahamel came up. Okay. And so that's how we got the name change and the name to Bahamel. Sweet. Obviously based on the fact that you are from the Bahamas? That's correct. Excellent. That is very correct. And yeah. I, be I believe that's where you're calling me from now, isn't it? Yes, that's where I'm calling you from right now. <laughs> in Nassau, Bahamas. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I would awesome. love to visit one day. Please, come. You have friends here now. Good. Um, I, I literally just got home from Jamaica two weeks ago, and that was my first visit to, cool. to the okay. island. So, yeah, I know that's so pretty next, from so, you, <laughs> so your next trip is to the Bahamas. That's right. I'm coming to visit. Awesome. We'll take care of you. We'll make sure you're okay. <laughs> Oh yes, I bet it's awesome. The food, the culture. I love. I love to visit. Um, awesome. How much of the material of the music did you write um, in the beginning? Uh, the first album was a collection of basically reproduced songs that were from the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. uh, what it was we were trying to achieve was kind of introducing music that had become so popular in the Bahamas over the different uh, decades or generations. Um, we wanted to introduce it to a new generation of Bahamians. And so most of the songs on the album, the first album titled Junkanoo, would have been songs that were previously released in the Bahamas. Okay. There was one, I think there was probably about maybe one New song <clears throat> that was unreleased, mm -hmm. and I think that was I think that was Mo Jumpin'. I believe that was the only one on the album. Not, I can't remember, but I think it was the only one.
So a lot of traditional music, of course. Um, yes, yes. Um, what countries did you guys tour? Because you had some success before um, in, when you were in the bands were in the U.S., mm-hmm. didn't you? In the U.S.? Yeah, we had, we had some United States um, success in terms of having uh, national number one songs in different cities. Mm-hmm. In the United States, we've always had uh, great releases here, made it really big in the Bahamas. And then our music went, you know, kind of transitioned in Japan. And so Japan was really the place where we really, really got our notoriety. The band really became famous in Japan. Yeah, so to the point where every album that was recorded uh, up to Who Let the Dogs Out was either a gold or platinum album. That's fantastic. <clears throat> um, yeah, that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good drive. Did you have a chance to go visit Japan while while it was hot? Yeah, we toured Japan every year from 1994. I left in 1998. Yeah, mm. so we toured from 94 to 98. Wow. Yeah. What a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome experience. Um, you know, we looked forward to doing new music. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked forward to having the music come out down there and seeing how they were going to react. I think we were kin in spirit, uh, considering that Japan is such a cultural nation mm-hmm. and spirited. I think they brought into the spirit of the music, which brought up quite a bit of happiness to their people. And in their arenas, you know? That's beautiful. And yes, I Yeah. The the Japanese people's culture is amazing and it's it's yeah. It's nice to see them embrace music from other countries. I feel like Oh yeah. I feel like North America doesn't do that the same way, you know? Um No. It's it's definitely more difficult <laughs> to break into. Yeah, it's a process. I think they have some of the um that attitude where once there is spirit in what you're doing, they're open to it. And they hold on to it for a very long time. They very rarely let it go. Mm. They very rarely let it go. Yeah.
Yeah. So like that's obviously like in the the mid nineties. Um, now I understand that you did leave the band, like you said, in ninety eight. Um, uh huh. What were what I, was I did go back and record. I did go back and record another project in nineteen ninety nine, but I didn't get to tour that particular. But I'll get to that. We'll talk about that. Okay. Um, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, you left the band. Obviously, the one question that is probably asked you a lot was, obviously, the the big hit, Who Let the Dogs Out, comes out. Mm-hmm. Was, it the, was it that year or the next year? It was, like, two years later. Okay. Um, yeah, like, two years later, going on two years later, yeah. How did you feel about that happening, and did you have any regrets about leaving when you did? Oh, no, 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 no. I celebrated with them. Uh, one of the great things about them finding American success, because it wasn't like the band didn't have success before who let the dogs out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had a better, I think I, I look at it this way. I say that I believe we had a better legacy going while I was there than what they did in America with just the one hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Outside of that, my nephew was there as one of the lead singers on the Who Let the Dogs Out project. So that in itself was kind of, you know, great for me to experience that and have him experience it from the American side. Because I don't know if he's, he ever had the opportunity to go to, to Japan. Right. You know, so we had a very successful career in Japan. Uh, we had some ups and downs in America. But then they had the Who Let the Dogs Out. And I was asked to sing the song. I told the producer at that time I don't want to do it because I was on tour with Lenny Kravitz at the time. Oh, really? So it was kind of difficult for me, yeah. And how did that gig get lined up? Like, how well, did, how did you get involved uh, with Lenny? Lenny, Lenny, produced, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz produced Sunny Day, which was on the second album of Bahaman in 1994. Mm. And in 1995, he wanted, he approached me about coming to sing with him as a background singer, but I told him I couldn't do it because I was the lead singer, the only lead singer of Bahaman. Mm. And I didn't want to do that. So I told him, no, uh, this happened, this happened at Compass Point in Nassau, Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And I told him I couldn't do it. And in 1998, I just felt like I'd done everything that I could do with Bahamas, mm-hmm. not knowing that Lenny still felt the same way he felt. So <clears throat> they were scheduled to do a meeting on a Wednesday with uh, Saul Kirstner, who was the president of Atlantis in Nassau, Bahamas, or Paradise Island, Bahamas. Okay. And uh, that same day, then he gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to audition. Uh, it was a great opportunity because I'd already told the band that I was not going to be returning to the band uh, after we would have been finished with the Japanese tour for that year. So I ended up, you know, he told me to just come over for one day. Um, if things work out, you know, we'll see what happens. If it doesn't work out, I'll fly back home for one after the one day of uh doing my auditions, you know? Mm-hmm. That ended up being three months. And from three months, 
to five years, basically. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. That's incredible. So when you were, were mm-hmm. Lenny, Lenny, were you, because you, you were a vocalist, what were you, were you doing, mm-hmm. were you playing instruments as well? No, I was a backing vocalist and okay. playing some percussive instruments. Excellent. You know, yeah. I really enjoy singing backing vocals because there's something really fun about doing harmony, something beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one of the great things about it was I got to do it with him, mm-hmm. just the two of us, for about two years. So I was just basically doing a top note on top of what his lead was, and, and then we brought in another guy. Uh, what started out with four persons ended up being one. And so was that... So we had... Go on. Sorry, was that on recordings as well as live performance? Yeah. I did quite a bit of... I did um, the Lenny Kravitz live project. Um, the five. I did Lenny Kravitz five. I sang, a, I sang the chorus, uh, like a bridge in a chorus on Liz. Mm-hmm. And um, and I got to sing basically everywhere he went uh, in that time frame that I was there. Uh, when we were ending the tour, I went into, where were we, in Miami? I think we flew into Miami and we did all of his background vocals on tape because he wasn't going to be using any singers mm-hmm. on the next tour. So we did all of the background vocals. We recorded all of the background vocals on track for him. And that's what he took on the road with him, the background vocal. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That is very cool. And, like, what an amazing opportunity. <laughs> yeah, for an island boy. Yeah, it's so good. I was going to say, do you, uh, yeah. do you still get together with your old bandmates? I see. Yeah, them. I mean, I see them every now and then. We did, a, we did a mini reunion in the Bahamas about maybe... Two years ago, about two years ago, we did a mini reunion here in Nassau for the high schoolers who had never had the opportunity to see Bob and perform live. Wow. So we did it, and that was pretty cool. And I like that the legacy, uh, of, uh, the legacy of your music is very strong, and I'm sure like it gets passed down from generation to generation in the Bahamas, too, is not it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it comes from a uh, traditional festival that we have here in the Bahamas. You know, it's the derivative of that, more of a poppy feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we took elements from the festival or the parade and we kind of, you, you know, infused that with pop music and created a, a pop sound called Junkaloo. And um, nice. that's the vibe of the music that you've been hearing over the years with Bahama in particular, the first project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, it's interesting to learn of the name of the genre. That's so exciting. <laughs> are there a lot of other, yeah, Junkanoo? Are, are there a lot of other bands who are also um, doing the same genre as well? In the Bahamas, I mean, yeah. we've had we've had two categories of music in the Bahamas that we call straight up Bahamian music. Okay. And we did one. It's called Junkanoo. So that was like the pop version of what we did. And then we had like a folk version called Rake and Scrape. Ooh. And so, yeah, so that kind of, there was like two, that, you know, what we did was high energy, Rake and Scrape was feely, 
but it was more like folk dance. You can folk dance to it, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But good energy. Good energy yeah. in the music. For raw. Sure. It's raw. You know, most of Rika's great used to be acoustic. They've now fused rake and scrape and junkaloo, mm. which means they take some of the elements of junkaloo now and they fused it with rake and scrape and they made rake and scrape a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. So instead of it just being it's like a faster version of what we would call is rake and scrape. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now, have you been to Canada or uh, just... Uh... Yeah, I've been to Toronto. I've been to Toronto. Cool. I've been to Toronto uh, a couple years ago, 2016, I think. Yeah. Have you experienced... Twice. Snow? Have you experienced snow before? Have you no. seen, seen the snowfall? Yeah. yeah. You're not missing anything. <laughs> no. You guys are cold. <laughs> very much. Very, very You much. guys are cold. We've only got maybe, you know, two more months of this, and then we're good for... <laughs> I know. Come out. We have friends in Toronto, and we talk with them. And, wow, they send us photos of what the yard looks like <laughs> snowed in. I'm like, Jesus, man, yeah, I'll do it. There's nothing... I told, them they can come and, I told them they can come and... I told them they can come and stay with us for six months out of the year. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> well, I know where I'm planning my next trip. Definitely come and see you. Come, um, come be with us for the next six months. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Make sure you talk to our good friends Adam and Brian down at Analog Brewing. They're the official beer of Dope Nostalgia. They're at 8620 53rd Avenue. You can catch their tap room open from Thursdays through Saturdays, 4 till 11. Enjoy $6 pints at an everyday low price of $13 for a four-pack of retro styles. That's Analog Brewing, the official beer of Dope Nostalgia. You're Stonehenge, pure genius. (laughs) Those earthlings, they still haven't figured it out. (laughs) I uh, probably never will. I'll tell you something, though. Your pyramids are classic. But the best, yeah. sir, the best yeah. is how you get that soft flowing caramel into the caramel bar. Wait a minute, that, that wasn't me. I thought you did that. It wasn't me. If you didn't do it and I didn't do it. Who was it? Tell me about your current projects, because you just released some music, didn't you? I'm re- I'm, um, my stuff is going to be released online on the 7th of February. Um, once I get your email address, I'll kind of connect you with some of the music that I've done over the last... But I've been in ministry for the last 12 years. That's wonderful. And I've been releasing music. I've been releasing music uh, that's affiliated with, with ministry, mm-hmm. uh, gospel music to, to a large degree. Unconscious music, so yeah. I'll kind of connect you with a little bit of that. But I've been doing it in and out. This is my first release for 2020. I'm really excited about it. It's, you know, kind of talking from a biblical perspective on how, you know, the leader, what I call the song is called My Shepherd, um, relates to the follower, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm kind of giving, trying to just give some insight on how 
know, when you get to that point, you don't understand where you're going. You know, your leader has all the answers that you need to get you to the next phase. Yes. Yeah. I would love you to send me some of that. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm very definitely excited. Yeah, definitely going to do that. I'm very excited. Send me an email. I'm very excited to hear you're doing gospel music as I, I've, I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a Christian myself. Um, my awesome. Yeah, yeah, my family. I, re, I was born in, um, to uh, two grandfathers who are pastors. Um, Great. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's very exciting to know that, that you're in the ministry. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to love my stuff. I think you're going to love my stuff. Cool. Yeah, I love my stuff. Well, I'll, I'll make sure you get all of them. Lovely. We'll spread the good word, yeah, right? Make sure you get all of them. Definitely, definitely. Make sure you get all of them. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, this one is different. Yeah, no, and um, so that means you'll also be sharing some of the music you've done over the last few years too. We can, mm-hmm. yeah. Because what I'll do is I can, if you have some of it up on Spotify, and I can make a playlist and I can share that as well. Or, awesome, not a problem at all. I'll send you all the stuff that I've recorded over the last. 12 years. I did some solo projects before I got into ministry. I can connect you with those also. Wonderful. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So get everything. <laughs> this is Nehemiah's latest single called My Shepherd. depend I put my trust to supply all my needs never mind my wants oh yes I do to keep a clean heart and control my walk sometimes I get scared when I hear you talk It's alright now Take my hands I need you Come follow me I am your Lord Your good shepherd Just trust me I know the plans I have for you It feels like I'm the long lost one I tend to forget just who you are My Lord and Master I trust that you know what's best for me
inspirations like um, some of the musicians that you looked up to growing up I'm, I'm a 60s baby yeah so you Stevie Wonder you're Al Green you're Michael Jackson you're Earth Wind and Fire mm-hmm. and then disco music you know like uh, Lakeside uh, uh, some of the big bands like the Whispers then uh, the new additions and Bobby Brown and oh yeah Keith Sweat and these are the guys that I grew up on Stephanie Mills I mean you name them I've I've been around I've watched the transition in music mm-hmm. since I got into the industry in 1981 um, I've I've always been a lover of music always been a lover of music how do you I spent all of my money <laughs> I spent all of my tips. Yeah. on records. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That. We, I know I did that as a teenager. That's where all the money went. <laughs> yep, definitely. How do you feel about the music business then as compared to how it is now? I think the music industry back then was great. It was not as inclusive as it is today because most persons are doing their own music mm-hmm. and so even though record labels are still signing persons you know with social media I think a whole lot of people are finding it easier to be independent artists yes. and just handle their own affairs or have somebody handling their affairs and working the social media network that sort of stuff to get the music out there uh, but it was you know, outside of the record labels, basically taking a lot of advantage of musicians that were coming in. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, uh, you know, the music industry back then was great. I mean, sometimes you can get a big hit as a, as a as an independent, but you don't have the financial backing to tour the project. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that puts a lot of the independent artists in jeopardy. So they go. You know, sometimes you're going out there with a loss. That's true. You know, sometimes you're going out with a loss and, you know, it's not guaranteed because you don't have the big record label machinery to work your project. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yes, but it is nice that you can do so much yourself now, but exactly, mm-hmm. it's it's harder. To, I think it's still harder to gain interest because there's so much of it out there on YouTube yeah. that that it's hard to be the one who yeah. stands out. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta keep pushing, you know, like for, for the younger guys with me, what I tell them is you just gotta do what you do. I mean, 
we didn't have the we didn't have the time to put out a single every month. No. Today, these guys they have home studios that are doing really great productions, and so these guys they put out an album, they put out a, a single almost every month. Mm-hmm. You know, so crazy. I mean, people we put out one single and. You know, people would be in anticipation of of the album, yeah. you know, months later, which is major difference. And then afterwards, you know, we had a tour in Japan for basically seven years, uh, probably almost seven years straight. You know, so we had that and we had American, we had shows that we did in America. You know, we, we had different places where we had, so it abruptly stops right there for a moment because the phone line keeps dropping as I'm calling the Bahamas. Kind of hard to get a stable connection, but it happened a few times and then we just called each other back. It all worked out. Here's some more. Thanks. Sorry about that. The call must, lost have, you. The call must have dropped. Yeah, I lost you. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> okay. But yes, you were yeah. talking about shows in America. Yeah, we had we had a lot of things that we could that we were doing in America. We did our first uh, Northeast uh, American tour in 1992 mm-hmm. on our first project. So we were able to do we were able to drive from New Jersey right up to New Hampshire, I think. Oh yeah. And we were doing gigs, and that was the snow season, but we did that. But it was exciting because we had a lot of college gigs and then our government, we used to do a lot of stuff with the national airline, like, you know, in different states of the United States. Then we were a part of this. Our management team had a connection with, um, yeah, we keep getting calls off. I know. Well, oh, we'll keep trying. Yeah. We'll keep trying. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, so we had the NACA connection, so we were able to go up almost every year to do stuff for colleges and stuff like that. So, you know, it was pretty cool. We, we did okay. We okay. did okay. And a lot of great life experiences and being able to travel and ex- share music with yeah. people, right? Uh-huh, definitely. That's the dream. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I tell people I lived, I lived the American dream. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I lived the American dream. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Like, whether it be music or food or, you know, like something that you really enjoy? Mm. It's kind of embarrassing. Nah. (laughs) Nah. Uh Uh-uh. I've been straight. Yeah. I've been straight. (laughs) You know what I mean? When I was leaving uh, leaving Lenny's band, the trumpet player Michael Hunter said to me, he said, boy, the ancestors must be very proud of you. I said, why do you say? Mm-hmm. And he said, because I've never seen you drink. i never seen you smoke. You never bring a chick on the bus. Mm-hmm. I said, that wasn't the, that was not the mission. That was not the mission. I had, I had some of that mm-hmm. in the Bahamas. You know what I mean? I had some of that in the Bahamas. That was not the mission at the time. The mission was to just get a really great understanding of the music industry from an international perspective uh, through the eyes of an international recording artist. And that opportunity was allotted me and afforded me. And I just wanted to take advantage of that. I, you know, I wasn't out there for anything else. 
And that's exciting and it's inspiring because it's one of those hard traps that people fall into. Um, yeah. It's really, it's hard for a lot of people to avoid. And the fact that you were strong mm-hmm. through it, that's that's a testament to, you know. I think yeah. It's, it's nice. I, I tell I tell people, you know, I I got an opportunity to see what the Hollywood lifestyle looks like mm-hmm. and live through it. I lived through it, and, and I was not coerced or led in any direction that I didn't want to go. And I think if I felt like there was some danger in what it was that I was being led to do, I would always just walk away from it. So I, I I'm, I'm I'm really glad that I had to. to fortitude to walk away from things that I didn't think was good for me. Yes, and that's an an amazing thing, and it shows people that you can. You can succeed without falling into those pitfalls, right? Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. Who did you meet in the music business that taught you the most, or that you were most excited to meet? I I met quite a bit of people. Um... But being on the road with Lenny in particular, even though I met some people while I was with Bahaman, being on the road with Lenny in particular, I think the new print was really awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, then the Washington, Lawrence Fishburne, Sidney Tyson, cool. quite a bit. You know, really, really, uh, Sherman Hemsley was the first act that I, that I met. We were in Vancouver and I met him on that first night. I loved him. Oh, um, Mr. Jefferson, love him. You know, yes, exactly. So, you know, it was, it was really a great run. But what traveling with Lenny did was it gave me the opportunity to, on my days off, I would spend most of my days in Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. So I'd be in there reading basically all day. And after a couple of years, I got into actually producing. And so I had a system that I took on the, that was on the road with me. And whenever we had like a two, three day layover, I'd be in my room just writing music, Mm. you know? So that gave me my experiences in, in terms of how the industry work and, having an opportunity to just hear conversations being had, that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and reading, you know, so it was good for me. No kidding. Oh, oh this is great. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have any causes that you feel strongly about? Any charity work that you've put your effort into? Well, I, you know, I, my, my, my big drive now is, couples. I've been motivated by couples and, you know, most of the music when I'm not in ministry is geared towards, you know, giving couples an opportunity to spend time together. But so many people, they get in relationships, they get married, or they're just in a good relationship, but there's no kind of life for them outside of the home. Mm-hmm. So what we've been doing is we've been doing a couple's uh, Night of Love every year uh, for the last seven years. We had a break in between and then we started again. But, you know, we're going strong now and um, that's been my passion. My passion has just been, you know, as much as possible. Yeah, so. 
Must be that crazy. Yeah, I, I guess they give it. I guess they give it a couple couple minutes and then then click. <laughs> yeah, but that's been that's been my passion. My passion has been basically um, focused on you know touching the ride with couples, uh, encouraging, uh, give, trying to trying to create some form of outlet for them to be able to get away from the from the house and just enjoy each other with nice love songs, that sort of stuff. Oh, that is cool. So they can have a chance to mm -hmm. grow and be have a stronger relationship. I like that. Stronger bond, yeah. Stronger bonding, yeah. Stronger bonding, yeah. Wonderful. So when I visit the Bahamas, mm -hmm. where where's the best place to go? There's so many places. If you come to the Bahamas, it's, it's 700 islands and more than 2,000 keys. Wow. Not all inhabited, but... You know, the thing is, you, you come into Nassau because they have stuff in, you know, where you can take flights right into Nassau, probably from where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so much things to do. So come with your mind made up on what it is that you want to do. Yes. Uh, like I said, you, are, you know, speaking with me, I always tell people that are connected to me, when you come, let me know and we'll make sure you do the things that you need to be doing to make sure you have a good time while you're in the Bahamas. We make we make ourselves available for that. Wonderful. Yeah. So there's loads of things that you can do. There's loads of things that you would want to do, but we'll we'll guide you. There's a lot of stuff that you can do here. I mean that's touristy mm -hmm. and there are stuff that you can do that's native. You know what I mean? What do you so, uh a lot of stuff. Is it is it like um, you know, there's like the resorts and then there's like being in the actual Bahamas, yeah, like Bahaman people and the, yeah, in the yeah, you have sites? you have the resort, yeah, you have the resorts and the big hotels, but then you also have uh, venues where you can go where the natives hang out, mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool. Is yeah, there, it's pretty cool. Is it a pretty happy country? Is uh, how's the like the crime rate? Is it pretty low? Crime rate is. At a moderate level, I mean, we're, we're trending downward over the last two years in terms of murder. Yeah. Uh, we're trending downward in terms of armed robberies and that sort of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're trending downward in the last two years, which has been a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we did have our issues, but, you know, like I said, we're trending downward. We don't know what's going to happen over right. the next couple of years, but if it continues to trend downward, it and I think we'll be fine. It doesn't matter where you go. We all have pro problems with, everywhere. with crime. Everywhere in the mm -hmm. world. That's right. It's everywhere. It's just... It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. And, and, Nassau, and Nassau is a major city. Mm -hmm. It's an island. It's only 21 by 7 miles. Mm -hmm. But it's a major city. I mean, we have cruise ships coming here almost daily. Mm -hmm. We have people flying in. Uh, you know, it's a major. It's a major city. Mm -hmm. And I love yeah. that ocean life because where I live in Canada, it's a twelve. Uh -huh. It's a twelve-hour drive to get to the nearest ocean. <laughs> Really? Yeah, where I live, it's so landlocked. So every time I get the chance to come visit the ocean, I'm just in love with it. Oh wow, crazy! You're gonna love the, you're gonna love Nassau. Yeah. You enjoy Jamaica. You're gonna love the Bahamas even more. Oh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. 
And I can't Same wait here. to connect with you more. And I'm sorry the call Please send me <laughs> send me your email address and I'll send you my stuff. Excellent. And then I'll share it with everyone as well. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. And God bless you. My, uh, Thank you. Thank you God so much. God bless you too. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, hopefully we'll chat again. Looking forward to it. If you say wave. Somebody wave, 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 wave. Come on, come on. Wave, wave, wave. Oh. I, yeah. oh. Give me one more hallelujah before I go. Oh. Give me one more thank you, Jesus. I cannot wait to go to the Bahamas now. I get to go and hang out with Nehemiah, check out these sights and the sounds and the food and everything. Yeah, that's a goal for sure. What a great guy. Fantastic interview. And he's doing some amazing music too. So I'm glad we could share some of that with you. We're going to do one more Bahamas song here, just a clip of one of their other songs that was a fairly large hit for them. This one here is called Move It Like This.
thanks again to my guest, Nehemiah Heald. Check out all his tunes. You can Google him, find out what he's doing next. And we're going to sign off for today. Um, next episode, it's probably going to be to be decided yet who you'd like to talk to or talk about. Um, we have a few interviews that are still coming up in future episodes, such as Simone Denny from Love, Inc. And Sonny Greenwich Jr. from Boot Sauce. Love, Inc. and Boot Sauce were both huge acts in the 90s from Canada. It's going to be so awesome, those shows coming up real soon. And if there's an artist out there from the 90s that you want to talk about, especially obscure ones, because that's what I really thrive on here. That's, what, that's where the juicy details are. I'm going to... Uh, get them on if I can. We're going to try to approach more people for interviews. It's been amazing so far. Um, the list of artists that I have compiled for this podcast going forward is huge and it's extensive. We're going to be talking about so many great tunes from back in the day. Um, let us know. Give us a shout. I'm going to give you all the information to contact us right after this and we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Hit up our Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia. You like Twitter better? That's cool. Nostalgia dope. Or shoot us an email, dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.